0: What's going on family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start and that you've been enjoying this amazing Week. There is a lot that is going on. And of course, there's a lot that we're getting ready to get into. And of course, we're going to talk about all of that here on the show today. But of course, we want to say thank you to all of you who join us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The Faction Show. Thank you for following. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for all that you do to continue to support The Faction Big shouts to those of you who are already subscribed to our podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. If you are not, go ahead and click the subscribe button and click the notifications button on our socials as well, so that whenever we drop new content or drop a new post, you'll be aware of it before everyone else. Now, with that said, there's a lot to get to, and I want to start with Monday Night Raw. Now, I plans to give you strictly a Raw recap yesterday but I thought to myself let's see if we can combine a Raw recap with an NXT recap and I think there's some wisdom in doing that so we're going to talk about both if you've not seen either of them and you don't want spoilers go ahead and hit the pause button if you're not worried about that let's keep rocking now then let's talk about Monday Night Raw this week's episode of Monday Night Raw happening from Toronto Ontario Canada was headlined by Edge in his first match in Toronto on Raw in over 10 years, taking on Damian Priest. Now, I just want to say this. This may have been the most perfect episode of Raw we have seen in years. And I don't want to say ever, and I don't want to say in the modern era, but I will say in years, and I will tell you why. It again gave us All of the things that we like, there was something for everybody. If you like legends, you had Trish Stratus who opened the show. Well, technically, you had a brawl that opened the show and chaos always works believe it or not chaos was really one of the things that made wcw work so well in the attitude era the fact that folks could show up at any point in time there could be a brawl at any point in time things that are seemingly unscheduled could happen at any time that unpredictability is why we love live television and so to watch several elements of chaos and unpredictability happen to both start the show throughout the show it was amazing hearing Trish Stratus and seeing Trish Stratus let me say this Trish Stratus stays in wrestling shape she could go today if she wanted to And I think, honestly, she's in better shape now than she was during her run, and she was in great shape then. So, shout out to Trish Stratus, who has just really, really continued to leverage her popularity from WWE and other spaces as well, because she was certainly a thing before she made it to WWE. So yeah, Trish Stratus and her interaction with Bayley and Bayley's crew, like so much of this was great, and that led into the tag team semi-final match between Asuka and Alexa Bliss who took on Io, Sky and Dakota Kai. I will say that I predicted correctly that we would have Io and Dakota in the finals as they should be. Now what I envisioned was them taking on Toxic Attraction because that would just make sense. All things either NXT or former NXT, all things connected to the Women's Tag Team Championships. Unfortunately, Toxic Attraction is now out of the tournament because Gigi Dolan suffered a concussion Friday night in their match where they qualified and made it to the semifinals. So she's on the shelf, which means the tag team is out. There will be a second chance fatal four-way tag match to determine who will then challenge Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. That'll all happen on Friday night with the finals of the women's tag team title tournament happening next Monday on Raw. So there's a lot of things that are very interesting about that, and I'm going to hang here for a little bit. First and foremost, uh, it is intriguing that the tag title match will happen, not at Clash at the Castle, but on Monday Night Raw. Now, really, if you look at how things had been set up. It had been set up so that would have to happen at some other time because it certainly appeared that one of the teams that's involved in the six-woman tag match would be involved in the finals. So it'd be crazy to have them do double duty on a big show like Clash at the Castle. So that lends itself to a lot of questions. So a lot of people have been believing and pontificating that we would see the return of Sasha and Naomi either during the tournament or after the tag titles have been won. I don't think it's an impossibility, but I'm not banking on it. Uh, Pun intended, I guess. And part of the reason why is, A, you just don't know. B, there have been so many rumors about Sasha and Naomi that you don't really know what to believe, and C, it's almost becoming like the Illuminati, right? Like people just keep talking about it, but you don't know if it's a real thing. So, I will believe that they will return when they show up on our television screens. Now, speaking of returns and showing up on our television screens, can we take a minute to talk about the return of Johnny Gargano? So, I'll say this. First of all, if you know anything about me, you know I am not a fan of spoilers. In the interest of full disclosure, sometimes I get to watch Raw live, sometimes I get to watch on delay, just based on schedule, et cetera, et cetera. I do know this, that there are times where if I'm going to watch and I'm not watching live, I will either... Silence my text messages or put do not disturb on so that I don't run into any sort of issues when it comes to spoilers. Well, I had done well. I had ignored my normal wrestling group chat until I got hit randomly by someone from a different wrestling group chat that I did not silence. Now, here's the good part they simply mentioned Johnny Gargano's name, which said to me, oh crap, Johnny Gargano's on the show. But Ironically, I was already in the midst of watching Raw And I was just about an hour or so behind So I tried to ignore that And I did What was super cool about this Was even knowing that Gargano was there I didn't know how or where he was showing up Part of me thought that he actually was The quote-unquote decoy for Dexter Loomis Which would make sense Given the relationship between Loomis and Gargano so I actually thought, that's where Johnny Gargano was. So then when he came out, I was legit surprised. So I kind of like how that happened. But with that said, I'm actually surprised that there are people in the IWC who did not like how this debut happened. Some thought that, you know, it just it just wasn't fitting. I even saw uh, Mike Dixon, good buddy of mine, who certainly follows us here at The Faction, who had mentioned that he felt as though You know, folks in the audience didn't know who he was, that there should have been a greater buildup, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll tell you my take on it. My take on it is this way. First of all, I thought it was masterfully done. And if Triple H's WWE is teaching us anything, it is that we must always pay attention to the details. So in the world of commentary, there are certain things I pay attention to naturally because of my lean toward that. And here's one of the things that I noticed that I thought was supremely brilliant. If you go back and watch this debut, there is absolutely no commentary done on this until they get toward the very end when theory comes out and then After the interaction between theory and Gargano so they let Gargano have this moment and they let people soak it in maybe we were watching different Monday Night Raw but the people were certainly into this they seemingly were very surprised I was shocked and in my shock I was just like holy cow and I'm watching how people are responding like it was a thing it was a big Big thing. So there are those who, A, didn't like how the debut happened. B, felt like he should have been brought out to save Ciampa and want to see him and Ciampa automatically back together. For me, I'm like, hey, we're in Triple H's WWE, which means we're going to have to ride certain things out from a detail perspective and we're going to have to be willing to go for a long run. Pay off. There are certain things that we see that we say we want right now that probably aren't best for us to have right now. For instance, there's a rumor going around that people want Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to team up and fight for the tag titles against the Usos. That sounds great. But let's not rush that because Kevin Owens right now is experiencing a bit of a rebirth. Sami Zayn is experiencing a bit of a rebirth. And as solo competitors, there's still a lot that they can do before they come together as a tag team. I feel the same way about Gargano and Ciampa. Yes, we all know them as DIY, and I think at some point they will come back together. But let's remember when things left off in NXT, they had had this massive war. They had ultimately parted ways. They would still occasionally do a thing or two together, but we had to get used to their individual stars shining. I believe that's what we're going to see. I definitely believe there's going to be a parting of ways between Champa and the Miz. I mean, if you followed the Miz at all, you know. He doesn't keep tag partners for a long time. Even his longstanding partner, John Morrison, there was ultimately a turn there. So I think it's coming. I just think we have to give ourselves some time to let this happen. Wait it out. Rock with the story. Let's not rush this, but let's let this happen as it naturally and organically will. And after what's happened in the last nearly four weeks, I trust Triple H with our storytelling. Let's just go back to what he did in NXT, black and gold. Black and gold was killing black and gold was crushing certainly the best time in modern history for wwe and that's amazing and now we get the crossover it's just it's just fantastic so yes we had great matches on monday night raw great moments on monday night raw again the decoy for dexter loomis and then loomis shows up drags the Miz out we don't know where he took the Miz I'm very interested in what happens with the Miz I do understand that the decoy as we're calling him or the first person to interfere with AJ Styles this week was literally a decoy he was a local wrestler who I think was brought in for that particular purpose he did bear resemblance at least from afar to Johnny Gargano which is why again I thought it was a Gargano move but it wasn't Either way, I love this episode of Monday Night Raw. And again, book ended with legends Trish Stratus and Edge, both with their Toronto connections. Edge looked amazing. Oh, and let me not look past this match, which I just remember going, what a match. Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler. Those two tore the house down Monday night. And again, I don't think people expected that to happen. I think people expected just a random match, but they gave us everything in those matches. False finishes, great maneuvers. I mean, we really got to see both of their stars rise, and I thought that was absolutely incredible. I think it's easily the best match we've seen for Finn Balor since he's joined the Judgment Day. And speaking of that, did you guys catch his new music? His new theme song, which really is an ode to his previous theme song, but it's got a whole new vibe, a whole new swag. And speaking of that, the same thing was done for Damian Priest as well. It is all about the details that are happening in Triple H's WWE. There is continuity, there are details, and I love every bit of it. And so, shout out to Triple H, shout out to everybody on Raw who is killing it right now and they made a product which was hard to watch for three hours easy to watch very enjoyable and it just feels right these episodes of raw and smackdown are feeling like what nxt black and gold felt like and thusly the pay-per-views are starting to feel like takeover we'll figure that out in about a week and a half, when we check out Clash at the Castle, which, in case you're wondering, will air live from Cardiff, Wales, beginning 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Saturday, September the 3rd. That's proving to be a massive weekend for WWE, which will start off with Clash at the Castle, and then we'll end on that Sunday with When Worlds Collide. We got a greater picture of what that's going to look like as a result of last night's episode of NXT, and we'll get into that and preview a very interesting episode of Dynamite when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played, so what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy, because at the end of the day, Wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see And there is a you that will always be the S-H-W. I'm telling you, your If they need each other to survive, if they're going to make it to the end, they're going to have to work together and not against each other. Somebody come. This right here, look at this face off. This. <laughs> what an insane ending to a wild night here at the fourth annual jack It's me, DDP, the King of Bada Bing, the Master of the Diamond Cutter, the three times, three times, three times World Champion and CEO, and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to the Fact Sheet. On Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Alright, so this leads us to NXT, which took place last night. On the heels of Heat Wave, it was very interesting to see where this episode of NXT would go. Not just on the heels of Heat Wave, which saw an NXT UK invasion, but then on the heels of the massive news that NXT UK is going away and is making room for nxt europe how would this be handled on camera well we found out immediately from the opening segment which starts the same way that things ended with a face-off between the nxt champion braun breaker and the nxt uk champion tyler Bate we saw quite a bit happen here we heard the words come from tyler Bate that he is the first and last nxt uk champion and we discovered on this episode of nxt that all of the uk championships will be involved in title unification matches with the nxt versions of those titles at when worlds collide. So it's creating for some very interesting matches. First of all, obviously, Tyler Bate, Braun Breaker should be very intriguing. Now, we actually saw a tag title match for the NXT UK Championship happen last night between Gallus and Brooks and Jensen, and that ended up Ending in a countout when there was interference, which makes me wonder if we're probably going to see a fatal four-way tag match involving Pretty Deadly, Gallus, the current UK Tag Champs, and the current NXT Champions, which are Diamond Mine. That would make sense. Again, unification match should be intriguing. Perhaps the match that is most intriguing to me is Blair Davenport, who ultimately would challenge Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. And the whole night, my question was, where is Mako Satomura, who is the NXT UK champion and one of the most respected figures in all of women's wrestling? Well, no sooner than I had this question, here comes Mako Satomura, which I don't think anybody expected to see her. I hadn't seen her name thrown around. I wasn't sure if she was making the transition over. Clearly she is. So already my booking hat is on and I'm asking a lot of questions. But before I do that, let me just let you know that the NXT UK and the NXT Women's Championships will be unified in a triple threat match that sees Mandy Rose Mako Satomura and Blair Davenport battling in a triple threat match which I think is going to be incredible I think that's going to steal the show mark my words on that one but it also has me wondering a few things so it's got me wondering will any of the NXT UK athletes walk away with championship gold Now, why do I ask that question? Because usually when these types of unification slash mergers happen, It's usually either the state side or the dominant brand that walks away with wins. Let's just go back a couple of months ago to the unification of the North American and Cruiserweight Championship. Now, this happened because 205 Live was officially going away, making way for NXT Level Up. And of course, the then Cruiserweight Champion would lose that title to the North American Champion, who, of course, is Carmelo Hayes. So, my question is, with NXT Europe debuting in 2023, what is the realistic possibility that any of the NXT UK champions end up winning their unification match? Well, already I'm going to throw a prediction out here. Between Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker, I think Braun Breaker ends up winning. Part of me thinks that they're still going to build NXT around Braun Breaker. However, in And this just hit me, which could change my prediction. If indeed NXT is about to move away from the super colorful 2.0 slash developmental space and return to the black and gold vision for NXT, where it becomes a third brand, then it makes perfect sense that Tyler Bate becomes your new champion. And this sends Braun Breaker to Raw or SmackDown. I actually like that idea now that I'm thinking about it, because if we think about it, Tyler Bate certainly is a better wrestler, could certainly represent the brand well. So this is tough. Tyler Bate, in my opinion, represents Triple H's version of NXT. I think Braun Breaker represents Vince McMahon's version of NXT. So it almost feels like last year, when NXT 2.0 was launching in September, where you started to see this infusion and you started to see which vision would ultimately live. I think that's what we're about to see happen. I'd like to see that be Tyler Bate. On the tag team title side, if it ends up being one-on-one match between Brooks and Jensen and, and Diamond Mine, I think Diamond Mine unifies the titles, However, if it's a fatal four-way, I think Gallus ends up taking it, right? And then in the women's title match, I definitely think it's going to either be Mako Satomura or Blair Davenport, which again, could leave room for Mandy Rose to head up to Raw or SmackDown. Given the amazing performance of Toxic Attraction, I think Toxic Attraction could really be a thing on SmackDown, as a three-person unit, which I think would be amazing. I think with Worlds Collide, it gives Triple H the opportunity to do the hard reset that I think he wants to do when it comes to NXT, which takes it back to being more of a wrestling promotion and a third brand, more so than developmental. Truth be told, I think you have Level Up, which serves as your developmental space, where folks get to really try their hand, and if they're ready, then they get to level up to the NXT program, which ultimately gets them the opportunity to level up to Raw or SmackDown. Now, this is just my ideas. We'll obviously see what happens September the 4th, but I think this is going to be a pretty incredible moment for NXT and NXT UK. We also got to see something last night which made me just feel so, so good. And that is there was a bit of heartbreak for the team of El Legado del Fantasma as they lost a tag team match to the Dyad. And as they were leaving the building, they were just like, this is the worst, being part of the family with Tony D'Angelo, et cetera, et cetera. A black car pulls up and it is Santos Escobar who says, you didn't think I was leaving without you, did you? And so they all jump in the car. They all pull off of NXT, which says to me, we'll be seeing Legado in Raw or SmackDown sooner than later. And that excites me because the four of them together just makes sense. And so we started asking ourselves the question about continuity between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Honestly, the only way that was going to happen is if the same person was running both, which is why Vince and his crew initially tried to give us 2.0, but we haven't seen anybody come from 2.0 up to Raw or SmackDown. Now, I think we see the continuity, and the continuity was even shown with Dexter Loomis last night showing up for Indy Hartwell. Like, again, the long-term storytelling, the details. This is what I love about Triple H's WWE. In our wildest dreams, we never thought this would really happen. We thought that literally Vince McMahon would go to the grave running WWE. But it hasn't happened that way. And we are getting the things that we really wanted as wrestling fans. And I think it's also causing... The casual fan to have to do some research as well, which I think is a good thing. That's really what you want in the Marvel Universe and in other spaces. You're going to have your diehard fans, but you want your casual fans to come in and then do their research to check out what happened before. So, for instance, in the Marvel Universe, many may have just come in, for instance, on the Black Panther side and as empowering of a movie and a movement as that was, they then may go back and do the research on where T'Challa and Black Panther fit in to the whole Marvel universe. I know I fall in that category. So with all of that said, I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen as this amazing ride continues. Someone commented yesterday on our socials and said that they were concerned about what this would look like six months, 12 months from now. I think we have to consider a few things. Number one, with DX at the helm, Triple H running overall creative, the vice president being Shawn Michaels, and they are the measuring stick at this point. They're answering to nobody when it comes to creative. I think we're about to see the best storytellers from the Attitude Era assist this crop of talent in telling stories. And with that said, we're about to experience a renaissance. And I think it's going to be something super special. They were in touch with where the wrestling business needed to go in the 90s, and they're in touch with where the wrestling business needs to go now. They were doing it as wrestlers then. Now they're doing it as creative minds and executives. It's going to make for a product that we are going to enjoy long term. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. And what I would suggest for those who are starting to see faces show up on Raw or SmackDown that you are unfamiliar with, you may want to go to the WWE on Peacock and do your research on NXT and find out who these folks are I'm actually doing that same kind of research with level up as I'm seeing folks appear on NXT who I now find out has spent three to five months on level up With that said, we need to quickly talk about AEW Dynamite tonight because seemingly out of nowhere, we have a world championship match. The match that was supposed to be the main event of All Out in 10 days is now the main event tonight on Dynamite. The undisputed world championship in AEW will be determined as CM Punk takes on Jon Moxley. I told you my thoughts on this last week, but I'll tell you again, I don't like the buildup for this at all. I think this happening right now is being rushed, it feels very WCW-esque, and I wonder what's going to happen tonight, are we actually going to get a clean finish that determines a unified world champion, and if we do, what does this do to the main event of All Out? To me, this was the match that was pulling us into All Out, as there really has not been a lot of other matches announced to cause us to want to watch this pay-per-view. So I'm intrigued. I really feel like this is AEW in trouble. And when I say in trouble, I mean I don't think Tony Khan knows how to respond to the creative mind of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So this is going to be interesting. I'm interested to see if they can kind of get their footing and make things work so tonight will be interesting i hope you will watch i'm sure i will be watching and we'll be talking about what happens on aew dynamite very soon now some cool things that are happening this week first of all shout out to all of you who joined us for the premiere of battle slam the takeover night one last week it was absolutely special and i just honor and appreciate all of you who showed up it was just amazing well night 2 is happening tomorrow night Thursday at 10pm Eastern on Fight TV for free you can check out night 2 of Battle Slam the Takeover it was amazing trust me you want to see this and I want to get your thoughts on what we did on commentary as well really exciting times again I am just kind of blown away at the amazing spaces we get to occupy and that our voices are lent to these days also if you've not heard Student Showcase 6 from the Nightmare Factory is now available and I had the privilege of doing commentary on there as well as my good brother Brandon Benefield from SHW. We both were doing commentary but we did commentary with students as our partners as well so you want to go check this out. Of course the student showcase from the Nightmare Factory is the graduation for students who have gone through a 12-week wrestling course At the Nightmare Factory. So it's really, really special. There's an intro on there done by Cody Rhodes. So, guys, check it out. You can find it on the Nightmare Factory YouTube page. By all means, check that out. And I want to get your thoughts. So, with that said, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the Fourth Horseman, the EP, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner. And this is The Faction. Salute my pig